Things are getting hairy here this month as we wade into the wild world of werewolves. This is the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. Be their wolf or be a square wolf. Arrow! And that's Werewolf Speak for Welcome to Devil Times 5 Episode 18. My name's Cliff and I'm joined by my fellow devils, Emily, Bryony, CJ and Phil. Hey! Hiya! Obviously, we've all been sticking to the road, staying off the moors and watching the moon. But what else have we been watching this month? Uh, Phil, let's get cracking straight away. We'll start with your highlight and low light, please. Um, my highlight was, and I can't believe it's taken me such a long time to see it, as Return of the Living Dead. Um, oh, wow. great. Oh, that's brilliant, that movie. It's on Netflix, isn't it? It turned up on yeah. Netflix. And I've yeah. never... I genuinely... Because there's lots and lots of, of the Living Dead films. I kind of always thought that the George A. Romero ones were quite good and most of the others I've seen a lot of, I've seen some of the Italian ones which are actually kind of fine um, so I just assumed it was in the same vein I had no I, had, I was absolutely bowled over by how much I I, I think it might be my favourite film of all time now it's just incredibly <laughs> really? good <laughs> just, you know when you, you watch it and you go oh they have made this film specifically for me this is all of the stuff that I absolutely love like it's it's as funny as it is um, like I was going to say we're talking about American Werewolf I imagine and one of the good things about that film is it's as funny as it is scary and I think it's the same as this it's funny but it's also gory and at times genuinely unsettling and Mm. I just I just I just loved it unreservedly are you all are you all fans of it yeah I like it yeah it's great I think the Living Dead 3 is the is the one to watch in that series (laughs) (laughs) well I'll definitely watch the rest of them Am I thinking of the one? It's Return of the Living Dead. Is that the one with the sexy punks and graveyards yeah. and brains? Yeah, yeah. yeah the woman, good, good. the woman yeah. who's naked all the way through, yeah, and just yeah, she's, exactly. she's she gets completely naked in the first scene, and for the rest of the film, it's just really cold. You, you like, you <laughs> I mean, a you've learned a lesson there, haven't you? And b like, there's other there's other clothes you can get access to. You don't still have to be wandering around naked for the whole film. Well, she but, kind yeah, of got naked a, in that scene and then stayed naked for her entire career. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, isn't she the one that did sort of porno exercise videos that were also horror things? Yeah, Linnea yeah, Quigley's I mean, horror, horror. I think porn is maybe yeah. uh, well, sort of the porn. but yeah, yeah. Eighties dad porn, jiggling. Yes, eighties <laughs> dad porn. Yeah, yeah. You can um, get it on the Blu-ray of Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. It comes with yeah. it as a bonus. It's mm. not very good at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I love that. My low, I've got a toss-up for lows, really. I watched um, Nails. Have you seen Nails? Oh. Yep. 2017. I was going to be my low because it's just so badly done and it could have been so great. It's about um, a woman who gets knocked over um, by a car and goes to a hospital and um, she's uh, she's completely physically disabled she can only speak by uh by uh, using a keyboard uh and then she gets kind of haunted by somebody in it in the in the hospital the hospital for a start there is no way that's a hospital i mean that looks like somebody's boarding school that they've just put up some sort of special lights in and uh, maybe some curtains it's got ross noble in it who i wanted to be fantastic but is just so bad in it <laughs> It's a real shame. And it could have been quite a good film, I think, about sort of the fact, um, I think I read a review of it said this, that it could have been a film about how nobody believes when people say they're being abused. Um, but mm. really, that, that's just, that, that sort of gets forgotten about quite early on, I think, and it just seems to make no sense. So that was going to be my low. And then I watched The Vault. Have you seen The Vault? What's that? No. 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 It's got um, James Franco in it. 
And okay. James Franco spends the whole of that film um, sh- uh, sat by a radiator looking mournful. Like he literally <laughs> got paid by the word. <laughs> and you know when you're watching it, you're like, well, James Franco's in this all the way through. There must be a reason why they're not doing anything. It's possible that he's going to be the twist at the end, and he absolutely is. Um, it's about a sort of bank heist that turns into a sort of haunted bank vault, and no part of it is done well. It's absolute turd all the way through. So that's welcome for that. Okay. No, I've not come across that. Yeah, just, just, just don't, just don't ever. I won't. I won't. <laughs> uh, who next? Um, let's have Bryony next. Can we have your low first, please? Uh, my low, my low is. Um, I actually had to Google Kevin Bacon horror film because it was so forgettable. Uh, a film on Netflix called The Darkness. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so meh, like so so meh, and it's starring Kevin Bacon. And the woman who is everyone's mum in every film ever. Um, and it's just, I don't know, basically like some kid um, disturbs a Native American spooky burial ground. And I, I have so many issues with this film because I find when films, specifically horror films, use uh, kids with autism as a sort of plot point, I just find it really uncomfortable. And um, I watched another thing that's called uh, Triangle. And again, it had the same sort of thing. And it was just like, such a one-dimensional, like, ah, oh, what can we use? Ah, oh, kid with autism, that's creepy. And it's just so fucking bad. Um, I mean, uh, so some of the effects in the darkness were cool. There's, like, some cool bits where these handprints come all over everyone's faces, and it's like, oh, that's quite spooky, but it's just let down, and it's so naff, and it's just like, oh, I love you, son, even though you're weird. It's just, ah. No, I don't know, it was just so forgettable, like... It's a shame because it's directed by Greg McLean, who did Wolf Creek. So, oh, did he? Hope for <laughs> yeah, because he yeah. he's got such a shining filmography. <laughs> Seriously, well, Wolf Creek is out. awesome. I love there Wolf are, Creek. Yeah, but there are so many bad. But no, I'm not a fan of Wolf Creek. But even even if you accept that Wolf Creek is a movie that some people really like, look at the other films he's made, and you know this is not some great lost daughter. Belco Experiment is brilliant. The Belko experiment was dreadful, yeah. dreadful film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rogue was bad. The Killer Crocodile. Rogue's bad, yeah. Uh, the Darkness was bad. He did that <laughs> one with Harry Harry Potter in the Jungle, which I think was called Jungle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's bad. Well, I love the Belko experiment and Wolf Creek, yeah. and Wolf yeah. Creek too is good as well. The films I've watched of his, they've all got potential, but they all just fall really flat. Um, And then I forget about them about a minute later. All right, and your high, Bryony? My high, uh, I went and saw Hereditary, which I I love. CJ, what's your low? (laughs) 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 It's funny you should ask. My low is Hereditary. (laughs) Fine. So it was gruesome to watch. It was really uncomfortable. It did sag in the middle, and there was a couple of, um, like, there's a bit which took me out of the film. There was a voiceover bit. I like films that, you know, make me viscerally feel something. Um, It didn't have any jump scares, which I appreciate. Um, It was nice to see a horror film in the cinema that wasn't a popcorn horror film. Um, And it was just super uncomfortable, and I really enjoyed it. It did have a jump scare. There was a bit of a... Quite quite near the start, where he's in the classroom. And... Oh yeah, I suppose. But not like you're not like sort of the insidious type of jump scares where it's like, yeah. oh, I'm a demon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, I did find the uh, cinema audience were making up their own jump scares by uh, 
By clucking every so no, Fucking hell. <laughs> I went to a posh cinema, like, I went to the Dukes, and I was expecting, yeah. you know, you expect a calibre of audience, but they were all knobs. <laughs> I hate the public. I hate them, apart from the people oh, who don't get me fucking started. I, I, oh. Every time I go to the cinema, which is quite a lot these days, I spend the first half hour just raging silently because, mm. like, the worst people are the ones who bring all their fucking, like, massive buckets of popcorn in and then wait for the film to start, having sat through 20 minutes of adverts, <laughs> wait for the, fi- the film starts, they go, right, time to start eating. Nom, 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 nom. You eat popcorn. I, I, I go to the oh. cinema, like, a few times a month and I never... I can't even remember the last time I got angry with a with the cinema audience. Oh, I get so angry. It's like they're basically it's not the eating, it's the sweet wrappers. Um yeah. people on their phones like just if people away. that won't switch their phones off should just yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I never see these people. I don't know if it's just the cinemas I go to or the films I watch, but or maybe the weird was... times that I go. But, uh, no, maybe oh, it's because you're all sitting there eating your own popcorn, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I've yeah, never there was bought someone behind me like, trying to do their, their own version of Mystery Science Theatre, and it's just like, you're not fucking Oh, no, 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 that's, God, that's, fuck that's off. That's I hate that. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, I'm um, not. And I'm too part, British but... to say anything. I just look behind me and go, oh. Like, I really <laughs> want the balls to, to castrate people in cinemas, but um, probably use my memory. Well, if you castrate them, then you'll have the balls. Yay! Yeah! Balls are That's how you collect the balls. Yeah. So, go on, CJ, why did you hate Hereditary? Oh, yeah. Why do you hate I, pun? I, it's a strong word. <laughs> I, I, I think part. I don't know. Part of the problem is it's got uh, a unique tone, and I think if you buy into that tone straight away, and you're with it, and you believe it, and you invest in it, you're going to find it uncomfortable as as you did. You, you're going to find it disturbing, as I've seen other people say it is, um, and you'll go with what the director. I believe intended, um, but if you don't buy into that tone, and I, and I tried, like for the first half hour, I was trying to, you know, feel something and, and get into it. But once it gets past that half hour mark, and it and it's fully invested in what it's doing, if you're not with it, it's fucking hilarious. Like it, it plays like a spoof. I I spent the entire like second year of the film because it is about three years long um i i, I spent I, I spent at least the second year just just laughing i know i've seen people complaining about cinema audiences who are laughing at hereditary I've seen, you, seen yeah. a lot of yeah a lot of huffy posts about like <laughs> people were laughing the whole cinema you know what, was though? laughing like, when i watched the, it the darker it, it gets like the progress of the, film, the darker it gets the humor i think there is deliberate humor in it and it yeah. does there is some dark comedy moments like i think i think the, the very the, end well, I thought yeah, I thought it was. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle because I was invested in it. The first hour, I think, is really good and interesting, and I love the tone and the pace and all that. Um, but once all the supernatural shit starts kicking in, it does become hilarious. And the film it reminded me of most was the first film we ever featured on this podcast, which is uh, Witchery, <laughs> mad Italian thing, because it's the, the similar kind of things happen. At, at least um, Witchery it's, has it's, the decency to stay under ninety minutes. Which yeah, well, I didn't. Better. No, no, no. Actually, I really didn't mind the hundred twenty-seven minute running time. I was having a great time. I was with it for the first hour. I was laughing at it through the second hour. I loved it. I had a great time. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> when it comes out on 4K, I'll watch it again. I, I thought it was great. Also, the um, ending 
and the whole mystery as it's like revealed, I think it's really twisted and gruesome and I loved that. So even though I'd kind of checked out of it on an emotional level by that point, um, the ending brought me right back in. I was like, wow, that really is quite, quite weird and sick. I would have enjoyed that ending on another film. Uh, I think, you know, the very last few scenes were the sort of thing that I enjoy. Um, but it was just such a slog getting there. And I think it was just tonally, like, it felt like it was taking itself so seriously. Um, but it was so silly. Like, there are just scenes where I just couldn't believe what I was seeing was not like an SNL sketch or something. Yeah. There was kind of a, uh, you know, the thing I've, I've said to you before um, was it felt like it was Lars von Trier's Pet Cemetery. And it was just like, <laughs> I, I just found that whole. Like, it Is it wrong? Wrong? You know, I, would awful. Like, I would watch Lars von Trier's Pet Cemetery. Oh, fuck the yeah, dead, I'd watch yeah. The dead cat would come out of the ground and go, Chaos reigns. It'd be amazing. <laughs> am I, I going to hate I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate it, aren't I? It's no. good, I'm gonna... What I will say is that something happens half an hour into it that yeah. is supposed to be incredibly tragic and shocking. But if you've ever seen the Young Ones episode Bambi, then you will laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I think that that might have been what had poisoned my mind on that one. Yeah. That makes me want to see it more, to be honest. <laughs> it definitely, I think it definitely touched on comedy. But um, I mean, especially the the dad, he was like the ultimate yeah. smoke man, just like for fuck's there, sake. There, there, there was a moment. Uh, I don't, I don't think this is a spoiler because it's it's such a, an insignificant thing, but. You never see him like go to work. Like they don't talk about like what he does for a living, and it's just you kind of think, well, this is not relevant, even though he clearly has a job because he wears a suit and he leaves the house. But you, you never hear anything about scene, it. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Uh, probably about an hour and three quarters into the movie, you find out that he's actually like a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I said, oh, well, that's oh, not relevant to anything that's going on here at all. You know, they, they could have mentioned that. If you had a film where your house was filling up with water and you found out halfway through the dude's a plummer, you'd be like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. did you have no ideas? You had nothing to bring. Maybe that wasn't his area of um, psychology. Yeah, no, no, yeah. sorry, sorry. In the same way, if you, if, if you t- to use the plumber analogy, it'd just be like, oh, sorry, love, I've never learned how to do pipes while your house yeah. <laughs> no. I'm specifically systems, so... Yeah, systems only. I'm a systems man, sorry. It's clearly a, a film that divides opinion and, is, and it's different. You know, it's not the same old film that you've seen a million times, so I'll give it credit for that. But So, what's your high? My high, I, f- I hate to do this every month at the moment, but it was another rewatch, um, and it was a rewatch of Baskin, the Turkish okay. horror film from a couple of years ago. Um, and like, I liked it the first time I watched it. Uh, I liked it enough to get it on Blu-ray and watch it again. But the second time I watched it, it just really shit me up. I was, I was properly disturbed uh, and unsettled by it, because I think... It's got a lot of really visceral stuff in it that's just very obviously unpleasant. Uh, and the first time I watched it, I think I focused on that. Whereas the second time, knowing what happens and what more about what the film's about, uh, it just affected me on a, on a very different level. Uh, and it gave me nightmares, actual nightmares, uh, after I watched it. What's it about? Uh, it's about a bunch of very unlikable Turkish police officers uh, who are just dicking about one night 
talking rubbish and being generally assholes. Does, is that easier to get through on a rewatch? Yeah, 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 much, much, much more so. Although I think I think the dialogue's really good. I think it, you know it's got that it's very lively dialogue. There's there's a lot going on, um, and they get a call to go to this uh, building. Uh, that's out in the middle of nowhere where something is happening and it just becomes one of those kind of descents into just worse and worse horror <laughs> like it's really really unpleasant and really dark and really like it makes no apologies for being a horror film like one of the things about hereditary not to, to drag that up again was was it did feel like it was doing that we're we're elevated, darling. We're we're very you know, this is this is not a horror film, this is a, a psychological thriller. Um where, whereas Baskin is is just pff, fucking balls out, this is a horror film, uh and we're gonna really upset you. Uh which I like. I like I like that kind of thing. But I think it's it's probably like hereditary in that it's another film that you'll either get and go with or or it just won't affect you at all. And you I could probably be comical if you've watched it the wrong way. Uh, but I loved it, especially on the second viewing. Really, really good. Okay, Emily. Um, I've not watched a lot of movies that aren't werewolf based this month. Uh, full disclosure, and Tell the two that I, the two that I have watched have been have both been good. So I can't really specify either of them as a as a low light. Uh, first one was Wakewood, um, as as you guys know from previously. I absolutely love folk horror, and um, mm. while not an amazing film, it's got quite a lot of interesting ideas in it. It's an Irish movie. It's filmed in Ireland, obviously. And it, it's about um, a couple from the city that moved to the countryside to get over... Well, they, their daughter dies. And then they discover that there are people in the town that know how to bring back the dead. But it's kind of a Faustian pack type thing. And it's it kind of loses it a little bit towards the end. But most of the way through, it's kind of... It's sort of un- upsetting in a kind of an unspecific way. And even just like little details, like there's a scene where they're talking to a farmer while he's slaughtering one of his animals... And that's actually done in a way that looks horrific. So there's a lot of kind of like bringing in the kind of the horror of the everyday. So that's um, that's recommended. And the other movie I watched is one of these ones that that it properly disturbed me in the way that something hasn't for a long time. It was a Spanish film from the 70s called Who Can Kill a Child? Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. I would love that's to great. see that. Where did you, where did you get it? Uh, it's on um, Shudder on um, Amazon Prime. Oh, I've always wanted to see that film. Yeah, it's, it's a killer kids movie, and it's it's absolutely fantastic. And it's, there's a Blu-ray coming very soon. From yeah, Mondo think, Carbo, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the one with the machine gun bit at the end. Yes, yeah. It's one. I think mm-hmm. one of, when Mark Gattis did that documentary a few years yeah. ago, it was one of the ones that was featured. Yeah, it's the kids are non-actors, and that just makes it creepier. Um, yeah. So an English couple go on holiday to Spain, and the um, the husband goes, "Let's not stay in this busy town. Let's go to this island in the middle of nowhere that I went to twelve years ago." Where apparently there's just children, and I don't know why that is. <laughs> there's a lot of scenes where very little happens, and there's a lot of scenes where sound is used kind of sparingly and spookily, and it's yeah, it's it's really really good, but it, it did chip me up a bit in a good way. It's a great title as well, isn't it? How to kill a child mm. in, in no way it's, on um, the nose. Not how to kill a child. <laughs> it's, it's not how to kill a child. <laughs> no, it's, it's who can kill a child. No, 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 no. I, no, the film I want to see is How to Kill a Child. <laughs> <laughs> Because of the translation, I I think in America it was released with Can You Kill a Child? So it's getting a little bit nearer to um, if there'd been a a, a sequel. that Roll up, roll up, who wants to kill a child? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Tom Tom Bowler there, child killing over there. Um, One of the things I love about Who Can Kill a Child is the director, whose name is Narciso Ibanez Cerrador, 
he um, went on to create the format and present on Spanish TV the original version of the game show 321. Wow. Can you imagine if Ted Rogers had made a film with a title like Who Can Kill a Child (laughs) before presenting 321? Did the Spanish version have child killing in it or kill children? Yeah, Dusty Bin got up from very dark. Dusty Bin. They killed Dusty Bin and used him as a piñata. Yeah, nice. Uh, I think they put the put the child body parts in Dusty Bin. Nice. El Bin Dusto. I I actually still I I have a Dusty Bin. You want to get that looked at? A full a full size Dusty Bin that I use as a laundry basket. How the fuck have I never seen that when I've been around your place? Apart from I've been in your bedroom. (laughs) 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 But maybe I've just never mentioned in passing. By the way, I really love Dusty Bin and Three Two One. I tell you what, you don't happen to have any any merch, do you? Yeah, cool. Um, uh, my high uh, is just like last month, actually, a new French release, Lamont Double, uh, directed by Francois Ozon. Um, it's his first horror film. I've always liked his stuff, but this is his first horror film. It's not being marketed as a horror film. It's being marketed as like an erotic drama, or erotic thriller. It's, but it's very, very Cronenbergian. Um, it's based on a novel that came out about a year before Cronenberg's Dead Ringers, which makes me very sus about whether Cronenberg just ripped that novel off. But this is, um, yeah, I mean, this is a straight adaptation of that novel. It's about a, a woman who um, gets in a relationship with her psychiatrist. So she has to get a new psychiatrist who, by coincidence, is her boyfriend's identical twin. And he's got very different techniques uh, that she finds more exciting. And um, it, it's mad. There's parasites. There's um, weird visual effects. And oh, it's just great. Loved it. Um, and the Milo is something from 2015 called Lumberjack Man. Has anyone seen that? I thought <laughs> no, no, after no. last month, I thought I'd hoped after last month that I'd seen every fucking horror spoof there was to see and I would never have to watch one again. And then Lumberjack Man, I thought it was a straight slasher. It turns out it's a fucking spoof, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> there I was, getting Love ready it. for a serious, dramatic picture yeah. called Lumberjack Man. <laughs> Why about, isn't it called Lumberjack? Why is it Lumberjack Man? Because like anyone uh, can be a lumberjack. Well, because that's the name yeah. of the killer, the lumberjack man. He, um, oh, okay. He kills all these kids at a Christian summer camp. Um, we're by, in some cases, by smothering them with giant pancakes, and <laughs> and the way the way he's killed at the end is by having maple syrup poured all over him. It's terrible. So this film's Canadian then, or made by people who really don't like. Uh, oh fuck! It's American, I think. Let me just quickly check. Lumberjack Man is American. Um, okay. And oh, I hated it. <laughs> I hated, hated, hated it. It almost made me want to never watch a real slasher. It was depressing and shit and not funny. So they are our highs and lows. Um, time to move on. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know that Shakespeare once wrote a play about a werewolf? No. No? You know what no. I, no? I'm surprised because there's um, quite a famous line. Um, it goes, uh, Romeo, Romeo, werewolf art thou Romeo. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Our first feature is Neil Marshall's debut from 2002. It's Dog Soldiers. One of the most explosive, brutal, and purely enjoyable horror debuts since The Evil Dead. Genuinely frightening. Jaws, Aliens, and Predator with a werewolf twist. 
group of soldiers on manoeuvres in a Scottish forest have to take refuge in a farmhouse when they're attacked by hairy predators. Um, so Neil Marshall kicked off his career with this and then next he made The Descent. Uh, they're both films that a lot of people really love, but I don't particularly like either of them. Um, are you lot all into dog soldiers? I know Brian is. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's um, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's. Yeah. I mean, that trailer was interesting because it's not Jaws, Predator, Alien. With, well, it's not. It's just silly and daft and fun and not that scary but just the trailer fantastic. is not representative at all and i want no. the um the no. commanding officer the shouty shouty sweary cockney guy to like midway through oh, shut up you wanker i can watch anything with sean, sean pertwee in it oh, he Paul good. he probably um, makes this <laughs> film doesn't he sean pertwee yeah, I, I, he's so good. Yeah. it's his film right right from the very first moment he's on the screen he's like and I want more of him all the way through. Yeah. And so when yeah. he gets when he gets sort of ripped open quite early on, mm. genuinely quite upset because you're like, oh, we don't want him to die because he's really the best thing that's that's, that's happening. So mm. the fact that he just gets better is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's just um, it's it's just a good old romp, isn't it? It's just silly and. It's got some I... of the best. It's got some of the best and worst lines in any film ever. Oh god, like... yeah. I mean, there's a bit where um, the lady is like, "Oh, it's just that time of the month," and it's just so now. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just so now. And, and, and uh, saying they think yeah. it's all over, it is now. It just that feels like so they, like they, wanted the they wanted yeah. to see the football. Uh, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of it. And, uh... I, I mean, I don't think. It's funny, <laughs> particularly. Um, I I find all the just soldiers bantering and talking about wanting to watch football. It's just, uh, it's, it's just, yeah. There, there is a funny bit halfway through where it suddenly goes a bit slapstick with a um, where the pet dog starts trying to pull oh, no, his guts. Oh, that, that really <laughs> makes me scene in the movie. Well, and then then one of these soldiers then pukes over another one's head. And, <laughs> oh. um, and then it's not funny again for the rest of the film. But... I, I oh, I don't know. The bit the, when they're locked in the house. They're locked in the house for like half the film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, yeah. No, everything they that leads up to that, that big film locked in the house. Well, no, the, everything that leads up, and the, when they're in that big old standoff against all the walls, it's like, it's just how I would probably, if I was locked in a house with a load of walls mm. at the door, um, just like there's little tiny slapstick moments where he's um, hammering. Uh, some wood against a window and then a, a claw pops through and you're just like fuck and just yeah, hammer hammer yeah. hammer hammer and it's <laughs> just like the hands are really so much fun it's just a really fun film and I I, I, I love it it's just I, great so I think, shut I think up what, what works best about the comedy is when it's natural like like what you say when you know you get those moments that are a little bit slapsticky and that are a bit funny but they're also believable because I think the dialogue between the soldiers is is believable banter and i like the characters and i think that they they feel real especially pertwee um mm, i think his yeah. character's great because you know he starts off as the tough like oh i'm gonna have your balls kind of thing and then <laughs> you know as it, as it goes on you kind of realize how much he cares for his uh troops um and i think 
it almost devalues that in those just the handfuls of scenes where you get like the dogs playing with the guts and things which is just a little I don't bit think it's much. his guts um, I don't think he's playing with his guts I think it's his bandage I thought it was the guts no because I thought that's too much Right. Yeah, his okay. guts are out, but they put him in, and I just thought, yeah, the, the dog with his. I thought that's too much for this thing, so I looked at it. I'm pretty sure it's his bandage that he's like. Right. Yeah, 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 that's, 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 less, that's much less bad. I'm, I'm yeah. counting, I'm I mean, I guts. might be wrong because it's so it's so sort of crashing Dogs in tone, don't isn't bandages. it? Well, they would have soaked in blood because it's all soaked in blood, isn't it? And I think he's like. Yeah, but that. just because otherwise it's too much. Some visceral bits that are attached to a living person. I probably what is go for that. I want to yeah. set up a game show to test out whether this is true. <laughs> whether what is it? Guts or bandages? Guts or bandages? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we, we haven't talked about the greatest line in film history, which is, I hope I give you the shits, you fucking wimp. Oh, that's <laughs> the best. I mean, a better line than that, that is there ever. I mean, I can't think of a better line in a horror film. <laughs> Isn't that a <laughs> rip-off of um, Day of the Dead with the whole um, choke on them thing? Choke on them. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess. In, 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 a, in a Cockney band An homage. An homage. Oh, right, yeah, it's an homage, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's a nod to, yes. I don't think it has the visceral power of, uh, I hope I give you the shits, you fucking win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do it in the accent, though, because it doesn't sound be... right in your accent. It's got, I hope I give you the shits, you fucking win. <laughs> it was weird to see that fucking massive use of shaky cam that really took me back to the 90s. I think mm. it was probably dated by the time this came out. And fucking hell, that's a really irritating way of holding a camera, isn't it? Do you not find? Mm, not a fan of shaky cam. Gives me a headache. Not generally a fan, but I think it's not used so much in Dog Soldiers that it's a problem. I think what, what I noticed about the way it was shot was how nice it was to see a fairly low-budget horror film that was actually shot on film because that never happens anymore. So, you know, I think that was maybe the last gasp of shooting films of that calibre on on film. Um, And that was nice. I thought it looked really good. I thought it was a really well-shot movie. um, Do you think the werewolves look any good? Yeah, I like the werewolves. Yeah, the werewolves are great. I think great. there's one shot where the werewolf looks fantastic, where it sort of yeah. creeps in the window. It yeah, sort of creeps yeah, yeah. in spider-like in the window. That's, that's, that's really, great. really good. But the I rest of the like time... The, I like the rubber arms, like, like you, know, you yeah, mentioned like... earlier, where they're coming through the... Yeah. yeah, and they're very wobbly arms, but I like that. It's got it's got a real nostalgic feel to it. You, kind of, you can yeah. see that it's paying tribute to all those old B-movies, um, yeah. but in, a, in an affectionate I... way and in a way that kind of brings joy. Yeah, they've gone very much for the we made this in the shed, but it's still terrifying kind of thing. Yeah. Whether it's terrifying yeah. is a is debatable. It could be scarier. If I'm it could be scarier, yeah. Sure. But yeah. I thought the werewolf heads were way too big and they couldn't actually, the actors couldn't actually hold them up. So they've just like, got their heads slumped the whole time. There's something slight Lion King about it, isn't there? You've seen the Lion King on stage <laughs> where they, no. they're, they're just sort of guys. But they have big headdresses on. It's a bit like that. I I wish the listeners could see that little dance that you just did, the little line. Yes. That, well, that so was, do I. That was beautiful. Practicing the dance. There's always a place in my heart for like special effects that are just like yeah. a big old latex suit that looks a bit naff, but it's like mm. this is the thing I've really enjoyed about this month because I'm not a fan of werewolf in particular, but I've, I've really enjoyed just watching how it's done, trying to figure out. That's such mm. a big yeah, part of enjoyment, and I think that's suits. why. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why I like this film so much because it's like. It's a great silly romp, but also you can sort of get lost in sort of 
how do they do that? Can I do that? I could possibly do that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I won't do that. I've not got the time. But... No, no, but it, but I think I think you know when I was a kid watching like uh, the early Peter Jackson films like Bad Taste or, or the, the Sam Raimi the Evil Dead, you know, you do it, it feels so inspiring when you see it because mm-hmm. you do think, oh, how do they do that? And it gets you thinking and it gets your imagination going and it makes you want to make these kind of movies. And I, I love Dog Soldiers because. It is that movie. You can tell, you know, Neil Marshall, the similar kind of age to me, grew up with those kind of movies, and he went out and did it. And, and I, I, I love that about the film. I think it's it's the circle of life, isn't it? You know. <laughs> yeah, the Lion King. We should probably talk about the absolute fucking dawn of werewolf movies next. American Werewolf in London. Mm. Yeah, all oh, fans. It's just joyous. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a joy. It's one of those rare movies that I I like it more every time I see it because I know it's yeah. more. It's it's fun. It wouldn't get made like, today. Like, no. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but this is the thing I've noticed about watching these web films. Like, I grew up sort of early noughties when sort of slasher films were in fashion. So mm. the first horror films I would watch would be like crappy slasher films. So I that's I've never had a link with werewolves, but um, watching them, it's they just wouldn't get made today at all. Because mm-hmm. it's just, mm-hmm. it's not a thing people are afraid of, but like American yeah. Werewolf is just so good, but it's so of the time. Um, it might well have been the first horror film I ever saw. I think it was yeah. probably the first 18 rated horror I ever saw, but it was taped off the, I taped it off the telly. But yeah, I've loved this film since I was a child. It's so good. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I keep noticing new things when I watch it again now. I mean, like really tedious things, like there's a pineapple on the bar of the slaughtered lamb for some reason. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I noticed that one of the beers they serve is like, it's local to around here, like it's from Eastbourne. Uh, so yeah. it's unlikely that that would be served in a pub on the North York Moors. Well, that's because the pub is in Surrey. It's the, um, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, the yeah. Black Swan, is it, in Surrey? Like is that, that right? right. Fuzzy bears in it. That's what I noticed this time round. Yeah, yeah, that um, was a funny. And his voice is very, very close to thought that it's basically just fuzzy bears. bears. Yeah. Ah, don't Do you mean the guy from the embassy, Frank Oz's character? Frank Oz, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And yes, also Bricktop's in it as well. Bricktop is in it. Yeah, he's a cabbie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Mail, of course. Yeah. Sergeant McManus is my favourite character. The one who just bumbling around and doing lots of little minor bits of slapstick. Mm. Oh, yeah. That I'd like brilliant. a coffee, that one. I'd quite like a coffee, yeah. sir. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think this is the first horror film I ever saw. It's either, either this or Nightmare on Elm Street 2, but I think this is the first one I ever saw. And it, I, I do think it gets better every single time I watch it. Mm. And it's one of the one of those films where if you just stumble across it, you tend to watch till the end. Yeah. Um, mainly because, what is it? about? Like It's about 50 minutes long or something. It's an incredibly <laughs> short film. It's an, hour, is it an hour 40 it absolutely yeah. flies by yeah, yeah. it really does um, because they're literally they're on the moors they're in the hospital they're in London that's the end the lo- why is he going to London film. this is never because um, he's, um, he's on a he's on a he's on well that's the thing isn't it Americans god bless them because they're, they're, called, they're called a big country I suppose you could be like in the woods in I don't know like in Colorado or something and get taken to the nearest big city and I suppose they looked at the difference and thought you know if you got if you got like hurt in Yorkshire, I mean, no, they, they wouldn't take you to Manchester. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not going to take you to Sheffield. In Barnsley. 
Yeah. What? He get in the ambulance in in Leeds, and they would take him down the M1 to London. That just seems like perfectly natural. Um, and I like it. He's in London as well, and he goes, "I'm I'm going to go and check out what's happening at the Stortford Lamb." And then he just like he's in the pub and he gets a drink. That would, that's a fucking seven-hour drive. He's just yeah, done yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> he would be knackered. He'd be going. He wouldn't be going. A small cider will suffice. A small Guinness will suffice. He'd be going. Have you got rooms? Because I am shattered. Um, such a good film, though. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it so. I mean, much. That, there obviously there are these logical flaws, and like another one being that the full moon happens twice in a row, tw- two days running. <laughs> <laughs> which is a thing that werewolf films have a problem with really because like what yeah. do you do in the month that there's no full moon do, do most of them not just accept that if the moon is mostly full that's that's good enough like if it's waxing gibbous or whatever you know that's, that's fine <laughs> waxing gibbous. That's well, one, some of my, of them, like, one of my favourite phrases ever is waxing gibbous I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds, it sounds, like, like, it sounds like a monkey that's really good at it sounds like waxing gibbons which is, sounds like the great indie band that never existed but really should it's, uh, the title of your biography well, it, Emily Yes, absolutely. Well, I watched, a film, called, waxing I watched a film called Bad Moon where they just say, oh, any moon will do, which gets around <laughs> that whole having to. And then, uh, have you seen The Beast Must Die? Where yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the scientist the guy break. who's trying to identify the werewolf, he say, actually says, you know, the full moon lasts for three days. Yeah, sure it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, um, I watched, um, when we come to The Howling, but I watched a documentary about The Howling, which, um, is it, oh, was it, who made The Howling? Joe jo Dante. Joe Dante. Joe Dante. Jo Dante. Yeah. And he said that you can tell how much money anybody who makes a werewolf picture has by what they say werewolves can do. Mm-hmm. Because they'll have so much money to get this much done. And so they'll have a scene where you just go, well, people say that they transform in one go on the full moon. But actually, that's a, that's a bit of a myth. Actually, it happens... <laughs> Over a yeah. series of days, and it's mainly lighting effects. Yeah, they just get a bit hairier, and one of their hands looks a bit like a claw. Yeah, exactly, because that's how I can afford in this werewolf yeah. picture. Or they yeah. disappear and turn into some stock footage of some wolves. Or so, a terrible yeah, animation. But, um, we're getting a, we're going ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, well, let's go way back. American Werewolf in London is obviously uh, named after Werewolf in London, which was the mm. first Hollywood werewolf film. Emily, you watched that. 1935. I really liked it. It's um, it, it feels like a filmed play in the way that a lot of movies from the 30s do. And it does contain an absolutely wonderful line towards the end where somebody says something along the lines of, we must do something about the lycanthropes or London shall be a shambles. <laughs> it's, just, it's just delightful. Um, and I think I, I think I actually prefer that in a way to um, to the Wolfman because it's like, yeah, this, this, the, they, they don't do on-screen transformations particularly. But um, they do um, it, they do have some kind of like understated makeup, so it looks silly. But you still kind of because the, the whole thing with werewolves a lot of the time is they're they're tragic figures. They can't escape the fate that they they've got into. You get that in American mm. Werewolf. You get that in a lot of the films we're going to talk about today. And yeah. the way it's done in that film is you you, you know it's it, it feels very very polite for a horror film. It's just but at the same time you you kind of. You feel that this guy is on a downward spiral and he can't do anything about it. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I like about um, werewolf films is when when the lead character is the werewolf and they don't want to yeah. be particularly. Yes. Um, mm. If, if it's, they're just the villains in the in the shadows and the forests, it's not as interesting. And mm. a good example of that is um, Wolfen. Yeah. Which, from yeah. Um, I mean, is that even a werewolf movie? Because 
isn't that just a sort of killer dogs film with some racist mumbo jumbo about red Indian spirits dumped mm. on top? Well, they're, yeah, they're, they're made, they're, there's kind of with with the sort of mythology with werewolf films. It I mean, well, the rules of what what makes someone a werewolf, the whole about about the full moon, etc., are always quite confused. And then you get a few films like that one and a couple of the others where they're actually like skinwalkers, so people that can shapeshift. But you only see them mm. in Wolven when they've gone full wolf. So it is literally because it's a it's a big budget Hollywood film, and it's, it's quite. I, I think Wolven's quite an interesting film. I don't know whether it really counts as a horror film. It's like a quite well done police procedural with a yeah. little bit of mystical woo woo in it. Well, um, you say well done. It's really boring. Well, it's, it's like almost. It's, it's very. It's sorry. almost willfully boring. It's like we're going to make the most boring police procedural. Yeah, but it's it's, it's pretty. It's pretty though. There's some nice photography in it. It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's, it's got a great setting. And but, also, Albert Finney is perfect as a kind of yeah. crumply faced cop who drinks yeah, a lot of bourbon. Isn't it based on a Whitley Stryber book? It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah think, which explains. A lot. The book explains more, I think. I think the yeah. book's a little bit more about the Wolven and about their sort of society, whereas what they try to do in this movie is sort of do it as kind of like a, they're like a satire for kind of social divisions within the within the city, and they're they're the bit that people don't want to know about, and yeah. He's a tricky author to adapt because uh, yeah. he's quite bonkers. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think he believes a lot of what he writes. It's got all those wolf eye view bits that don't really make any sense after time. Like, no, they don't. They look quite good, but they don't make much sense. You get a lot of that sort of wolf eye view. I've never liked like Dog Soldiers has got it when it turns black and white, and American mm. World from London's got it as well, hasn't it? And I never think it, it. It it always looks a bit cheap and a bit crap. I think. Yeah. There was another werewolf movie released in 1981 that definitely is a werewolf movie. Uh, full fucking moon fucking high. Oh. Not Larry Cohen's finest hour, is it? Oh, <laughs> no. God. Although, Phil, you had it as your high. You I liked it. it. I, like, I liked Full Moon High, yeah. I mm. thought it was funny. I thought it was good. It's got some very, very funny jokes. Um, I think mostly in the first half an hour. It's a film that's got a really weird structure because it starts off like in the 50s, I think, or the 60s. Yeah, and it doesn't tell you, does it? And it doesn't. No, there's it nothing doesn't... there to suggest that it's the 50s or 60s. No, it's just then suddenly it's, it jumps it forward 20 years and you're like, well, what the fuck have yeah, I just been watching? The main character is pretending to be his own son. Because uh, yeah. he doesn't age. Yeah, because he's a werewolf. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, and then the final third just takes a really weird turn into like the psychiatrist character shows up, and it just it just, it's just really badly structured, which is a shame because there are funny jokes in it. Like some of the dialogue is really funny. Uh, like when the main character's girlfriend's saying something about how 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 he can't run. Uh, and he says, yeah, but you should see me fetch, uh, which is a great line. <laughs> right. to a it's, it's Alan, um, it's Alan Alder, isn't it? Is it Alan uh, Alder? Alan no, it's, Alan, it's Adam Alan Arkin, Arkin. And Alan Arkin shows up as the uh, right. psychiatrist. Yeah. And, and he's there's another, very there's funny. There's Arkin as well who's in it. Um, is there really? All three Arkins, yeah. Is that how they are? They, are they actually related? They're yeah, related. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess that's how he was in it because I imagine he was already relatively well known by that point, wasn't he? Alan was, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was amazed to see him in it because the rest of it looks like a student-made film, and then suddenly there he is, and he sort yeah, of it, he yeah. lights up the screen. I, I think. Yeah, I think it does. It does look a bit cheap, but at the same time, there are scenes that have got so many extras. I just, I just think it's too much of a like teenage boy's fantasy. Just the yeah. way that he's. You know, oh, he's a, he's a werewolf now. Now he can get the girls that he wants to, and uh, it's just 
childish. Isn't that just shit. Teen Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. I would say that this is worse than Teen Wolf, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mind you, I liked Teen Wolf when I was 10, but this is... I like Teen Wolf, but I'm 10. Yeah, I like Teen Wolf when I was 10. I was going to say when we were talking about how... I was going to say when we were talking about how they're all sort of quite tragic figures, the, the yeah. werewolves. Mm. I think it's a shame that none of them discover basketball. Or in the case of this movie, American football. Yeah, yeah. yeah just what they just need to channel it into something else. Sports. Don't they I think. they just need mm-hmm. sports. Yeah, just, Where, werewolves can be happy if they just have sports. <laughs> Let's start an incentive for werewolves. Yeah, yeah. Sports we can get lottery funding. Com. Sports for or, or shagging Jenny Agatha. Sports yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't think I ever want to hear the words "full moon high" ever again, and I might start docking points. You know how last month I said with Repossessed if if hating it would be a little bit like hating a sad old dog? (laughs) Full Moon High is like that, but only a bigger, sadder, older dog. (laughs) Bigger, sadder, older. (laughs) Uh, Phil, the one you really hated was Night Shadow from 1989. I don't know how we came across this one. Uh, It's really strange. It's really boring, right? Like it's. Are there any wolves in it? Because I can't remember any. Well, one. They they they, they 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 there's a, there's a wolf hiding by a garage and they drive up to it in the last fifteen minutes of the film, isn't it? The um, only wolf it's bit so I remember boring. is like there's a wolf in the alleyway and he stabs yeah. him with a pipe rather than being wolfy. Just nothing happens. Just it's no. just lads talking to no, each no, other. No, no, no. It's, it's I thought it was quite enjoyable because <laughs> I liked all the characters and watching them just going about their yeah. daily business. It, what it reminded me of was Street Trash, which. A big oh. section of a big part of Street Trash is just the, these characters just bumming around, and yeah. um, I quite enjoyed it. After about, after about an hour of this with nothing happening, I did yeah. start to think, right, can we have some werewolves now, please? Yes, yeah, something something has to be werewolfy just to, just so that you can put the name on the poster, right? It yeah. Because it is just it. it's just a it guy was... doing kung fu in a crop yeah. top, which I'm yeah. not. <laughs> Sounds I'm, great. Not <laughs> I'm not against. Did you that. notice he's got a uh, Big Trouble in Little China poster on his wall? Oh, no, I, I didn't, didn't notice that. that. I hate when they do that. It's kind of like, this film's shit, but in my think of the good films you could be watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, he was, that, no that, that actor was actually in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, I know he was, I know. So that's just kind of like, remember better times? Mm-hmm. Is that Wang? It's not Wang. It, no, he's Hi. like fighter number four or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was saying I was yeah. trying to watch this last night. I fell asleep after half an hour, and the the, the, the one image that stayed with me was the crop top. It's yeah, the crop top. What yeah, is the look? That wasn't even acceptable in the eighties, was it? I mean, it's insane that crop top. Um, it's a bra. <laughs> it was only eighty nine. <laughs> when so when she first picks it up off the bed, you know, she, that his sister comes into um, his room, and they're mm. having a sort of chat, and he's got his shirt off because he's been doing some boxing. And she starts playing with a piece of cloth. I thought, genuinely thought it was his knickers. Like he had like little, like, like, like G-string man knickers. And I was like, why the, they're really close this to? She's like pouring his knickers. And then he takes it off her and then puts it over his head. It's like, it's like this mental yellow man bra. Um, and it just walks out as if it's nothing. It's, it's just incredible. It's not just a man bra, it's a mental yellow man bra. <laughs> that's racist and you know it <laughs> um i can't even remember i can remember the werewolf right at the end and i don't, i think the the werewolf like makeup's okay isn't it it's a big yeah big, big in fact, in fact, no, it wasn't the opening, great 
It wasn't great. According to the opening credits, the whole film is based on a creature designed by Mark Crow. So he obviously said, oh, I've made a werewolf. Can we make a film based on it? (laughs) (laughs) As long as we can have an hour of quarter of nothing happening first. Maybe the crop top was the creature and originally it was going to be about a killer crop top. And then they were like, no, that's just silly. I've uh, I've cut the bottom off my T-shirt. Anyway, we could make a film about (laughs) it. We're going to call it Tight Shadow. Nice. Hey. Uh, uh, let's talk about yeah. something better. Ginger Snaps from 2000. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. Crab, I love it. Ooh, I yeah. like it because it reminds me of MySpace and thinking it was really oh, cool yeah. and edgy as a small teenager. Uh, and then as an adult going, it's a bit heavy handed on its message, but it's still great fun. I hated it when I first saw it about 15 years ago. Um, and I thought it was just too much like the craft and just made for edgy teenagers. But I actually really like it now. Um, yeah. But I think, I, I think it's basically... Uh, David Cronenberg's The Fly just retooled as a teen werewolf movie um, every every plot point is ripped off The Fly what the bit when he starts menstruating yeah <laughs> no but but the way her, her body changes and the way the way her personality changes with it and... I think I think you're really reducing it to something it's not by making that comparison I mean much as I absolutely love The Fly I, I think a really key point about Ginger Snaps is the way it deals with uh, the fact that its two protagonists are, are women and well, teenage girls and mm, the, yeah. the changes that they're going through and I think that's so thematically crucial There's some the great lines there's some there's some great lines because you talk about werewolves being these tragic figures but these girls are already quite tragic before the werewolf change yeah. happens mm. and there's a line it's like we're either you know we're either sluts we're either this we're either that like it's it's very much it did speak to my teenage self because it's just like mm-hmm. where do I fit in I'm just this yeah. I'm just that and it's um it was refreshing um it, I didn't like the sort of discount Christian Slater though the uh drug dealer guy <laughs> yeah he was rubbish he's awful discount Christian Slater is Christian Slater <laughs> you can get you can get Christian Slater do you want me to get Christian Slater on the podcast hold on I'll wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I watched the other day, which just rekindled my my intense love for Christian Slater was Gleaming the Cube. Um, so oh if you want to talk God. about kung fu and solving crimes of skateboarding, <laughs> oh, that was amazing. I've not seen that one. Oh, it's so good! It's got its own theme tune. It's like Gleaming the Cube, Gleaming the Cube. It's the best. I love Do it. Do they explain how one gleams the cube? I don't even know. What oh, it's just like that point. It's, uh, I'll be it's honest, the point it does you sound get a bit like a wanking while skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah, talking of which, Emily, and also of female werewolves, there was always a mad Italian one of these, isn't there? And of course there children. is, yes. Um, there's a lot of gleam in the cube there. There's also someone with a very, very full bush dancing naked next to a bonfire at the beginning. Yeah. Um, Did you notice that when she's fingering herself while watching her sister have sex, because it's that kind of film, did yes. you notice the fly that lands on her? <laughs> yeah. On her Amazing. It, it, it's, it's, it's a bizarre movie, but, and it's in, in a way it's, it's quite stylish in that very, very specific 70s kind of way. And I was Which thinking... Which are we talking about here? Werewolf woman. A werewolf woman. Werewolf woman. AKA right. naked Sorry. werewolf woman. Yeah, and most of the way through I was thinking, I bet Quentin Tarantino likes this. And sure enough, he likes it so much he occasionally does like a movie festival based around it. So um mm. yeah, a lot of um hairy naked women. Um there's like the the sort of makeup people are obviously thinking, Well, how do we make someone who's very, very blonde into a werewolf? And the answer is we just kind of cover them in white fluff and make their nipples a very, very strange shade when they look make them look like big bullets. Yeah, it's, she's um, basically got a, a furry dog nose 
that's it, it really. Yeah, <laughs> she does. Yeah, but it's um, it's 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 really weird. I mean, it, it's incredibly crass the way it treats her. It's it's one of those is she a werewolf or is it just something she's imagining kind of movies. Yeah. But um, it's it's never less than compelling, no matter how kind of tacky and ridiculous it is. Well, I don't know. I don't like how it keeps cutting away to men talking about her situation. Yeah, I know. That's stick with her and just see her get into one. That's tacky as fuck because she she does and she really goes for it as well. The actress and she goes for the mad and she mm. goes for the biting people. And but I, I also quite like the um, the random scene where she she's fallen in love with a guy who's like a stunt man. Yeah. And there's scenes of um, she's on the movie set, like dressed as a cowboy, and at one point she shoots him, <laughs> but it turns out to be blanks, and he falls on the mattress, and they start kissing, yeah. and it's just like, mm. oh, this is our lovely montage. So he's like blowing himself up, and they're all like, oh, I love you. It's very, it's very, very weird. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's prob- it's massively misogynistic and tacky and ludicrous, but sometimes you know, it, it's late night, late night bollocks is kind of. You know that you can forgive that kind of late stuff. Late night but bollocks, can... gleaming late the night cube. Bollocks. <laughs> gleaming the cube with your late night bollocks sometimes. That level of tack is acceptable. Especially with your waxing gibbons. So. <laughs> Put it next to dusty bin. Yeah, and, and flicking your dusty bin. <laughs> flicking your gleaming dusty bin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah. One of the great things about werewolf films is when you get a good transformation scene. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What are your favourite transformation sequences? American I mean, Werewolf. American werewolf. werewolf, definitely. Yeah, it's just so painful looking. Really? It's, it's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It just mm. looks the like. The one in the howling is really good, but it goes on for far, far too long to the yeah. point where you start to go, yeah, that's just some rubber with people going, ooh, underneath the, it. The one it? thing about yeah. the howling one, which I won't, I won't get on too much to the howling because I know we're about yeah. to talk about it, but just the, the bladder, the pulsing bladder effect yeah. that he uses, yeah, he mm. overuses so much. Like, if you, they didn't have that, it would be much, much better. But you just mm. get to the point where it's like. It's done better in. Um... It's done better in Thriller, isn't it? When when Michael Jackson turns into a werewolf. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blatter, he made that video because he much saw subtler. American Werewolf, didn't he? He did, like, yeah. He John Landis yeah. directed it. I want to do yeah. that. Yeah. And then he did that. And but... um, and that, I think that transformation is probably one of the best ones. The That's good. Mm. Transformation is good. Has anyone seen Howling 4? Yeah. Um, no. Years ago, years and years ago. That's got a really good transformation where, he, like, the guy completely fucking melts and then kind of reforms into into. Mm-hmm. A oh, I mean, it's not not a great film at all, but the last twenty five minutes where it's just a showcase for Steve Johnson's splatter effects are brilliant. But it's it's really shit. But the Howling point. got properly fucked over by American Werewolf in London, didn't it, with the transformation? Because the guy mm. who does what's the guy who does the transformation scene? Rick Baker did American Werewolf. Rob yeah. Bettine did the Howling. He'd been working on a transformation, a werewolf transformation for years for waiting for John Landis to get around to making that film. And then Joe Dante contacted him, didn't he, and said, we're making a, a werewolf film. And he said, yeah, I've got a transformation you can use. And so they started doing that. And then because John Landis found out, he sort of got the, the wind that that was going to happen. They basically made American Werewolf incredibly quickly and sort of poached him back. There's only one film where the transformation starts at the penis while having a piss. And that's yeah. Wolfcock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Forgot about Wolfcock. <laughs> Did anyone else watch it? I watched it on Friday and I really, really wanted to like it because it's got the best poster and it's got such a brilliant premise, but oh, it's just a good idea done really po- really appallingly. Yeah. Yeah, it started yeah. off like such dumb fun and then it progressed to just dumb. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. It, it, when it, it, the first sort of 10 minutes or so, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a lot. And then just, no, just. 
Well, the trailer, I watched the trailer on YouTube and it was like, yes, great, this looks like stupid, like really yeah. great fun because it's a pissed up cop who like gets kidnapped by a satanic cult and uh, gets transformed as a werewolf and you write that down on paper and I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm all yep. for that. And his alcoholism gives him secret powers even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. But he's, he's, he's part wolf or cop. Um, yeah. And the best bit is the the rap at the end. I think that that <laughs> kind of saved it a little bit for me. That was stuck in my head for about twelve <laughs> hours. <laughs> That's gonna be played at my funeral. I want to walk down the aisle to that. Yeah, yeah, I'm the wolf cup. Yeah, I think more horror films should have uh, raps. <laughs> more specific rap soundtracks for horror films, please. Mm. Wolf cup reminded me of those other Canadian films like Turbo Kid and The no. Editor and Manborg and stuff. That just um, don't bring <laughs> don't bring my beloved Turbo Kid into this. Oh, it's shit, man! No. It's exactly the same kind of humor. It's not. Just, it's all tur- no, 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 it's not. It's not because I think a lot of these films uh, are quite mean spirited and they're quite like snarky and snide. And Turbo Kid is one hundred percent love. It is just a big open heart, and it's and it's just a delightful, sweet, lovely film that happens to have a lot of dismemberment and splattery gore. Uh, but I think so many of these like '80s pastiche things, they just seem so snide. They're like, oh, look at the '80s, weren't they shit, man? And it's like, no, I love those movies. Stop, stop taking the piss. Whereas Turbo Kid is not like that at all. It's, I haven't it's, seen it, but there is apparently a Canadian B-movie horror uh, called I Was a Teenage Weir Skunk. Of course there is. And I'm actually quite tempted to watch what that. What are they doing in Canada? I don't know. <laughs> There's so the many of these films. like Legalising weed and growing well. it in, in the forest. Yeah. yeah. It's like something, Ginger Snaps feels so Canadian. I don't know what it is. It's just like there's a lot mm. of these horror films that have just so, I don't know if it's like the way they film it or like the specific techniques they're using, but there's like, they kind of seem like an extended, slightly higher budget Buffy episode, mm. um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just really noticed that with all the Canadian films I've been watching this month. Like, they're fucked. What's going mm. on? <laughs> Um, CJ, did you want to talk about Big Bad Wolf before we move on? Yeah, go on then. Uh, Big yeah. Bad Wolf. I don't know if anybody except Cliff managed to get around to that no. one, but uh, yeah, it's probably for the best. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I really like Big Bad Wolf, and I thought I watched it when it came out like 10 years ago, and I thought maybe it was just it caught me in the right mood. So I rewatched it last week, and I liked it again. And I feel really dirty for liking it. <laughs> it is filth. Like it's it's really not a nice film at all. Um, it's got Richard Tyson in it as uh, a creepy, abusive stepdad, uh, and his son nicks the keys to his special cabin and goes up there with his mates to party, and they all get torn apart by the wolf. But what's interesting is that all happens in like the first twenty-five minutes. So it's not the whole film like you expect it's going to be when they're all in the car going up to the cabin. It all just happens pretty quickly. They get torn apart. Um, I mean, the werewolf's quite rapey in this as well. Like, he, he quite often rapes the women before tearing them apart, which is particularly grim. Um, it's, yeah, it's really not good. And then the rest of the film is kind of like Fright Night, where the kid is yeah. uh, suspecting that his creepy, abusive stepdad is the werewolf that tore all his friends up. 
uh, and he's just trying to prove that to people in the way that um, Brewster is in, in Fright Night with his neighbour. Uh, oh, and they like, have to get they have to get a DNA sample. Oh no, off him. no, that's grim. But I mean, the, the problem is, so it's, 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 they it's, they go to try and get some hair off his comb, but they drop they lose the comb, and so oh god, is there spunk involved? There is spunk involved. Yeah, oh, I think just god. yeah. So I, th- I think the, 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 the thing about Big Bad Wolf that makes it at all justifiable is it it feels like well, I've not seen this film before. It's a story that I've not seen told, and it kind of almost works. Like the characters are yeah. almost serious and believable, and you do kind of think there's a there's a point in here about this incredibly unpleasant man to to the point where Richard Tyson. Now, if I see him in anything, I can't shake the bad wolf from my head. I just think of him as this absolute like ghoulish character he's so gross and disgusting in it um and i don't know there's there's something about it that works even though it really shouldn't because it's it's a yeah yeah absolutely i think i think it's supposed to be a sort of breezy fun teenage comedy and the guy who wrote and directed it just had no idea that he was going too far with all this weird rape stuff and it's not done in a like a deliberately shocking offensive way i think he's just not really understood in the way same way that hong kong cat 3 films with all that, you know, like, is it Dr. Lamb where, like, oh. there's a funny, a funny Ugh. bit where, like, a severed breast falls into some woman's suit? <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that. It's, yeah. it's just like, it's not funny. It's the, 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 just not quite understood that it's not funny. And I loved it. I just, I just love how wrong it is. Unintentionally, I think. I think unintentionally. It's, it's um, a strange And one. it's really good. It's a strange Also, one. I like the twist that the Richard Tyson character... Um, is another tortured werewolf. You don't expect that. Yeah. It turns out the reason he goes to his cabin every month is so that he doesn't kill people. It's an interesting film, but I'm not sure I'd recommend it to anyone. <laughs> okay. No, no. Yeah. Um, right, let's move on to our second feature, which is which is, uh, American Werewolf in London's big contemporary rival, Joe Dante's The Howling. Somewhere in this city, in this human jungle, it begins. Just try. He's right there. What do you see? What's there, Karen? What do you see, Karen? What's there? Somewhere in these woods, in this primal, sensuous, secret place, lies an experience too terrifying for words. And now, all anyone can do is watch and wait. Tonight, I'm going to show you something make you believe the howling following a close encounter with a serial killer who's shot dead at the scene a famous newsreader takes a break at a mental health retreat but the killer has returned from the dead he's at the same resort and what's more he's a werewolf um emily you picked this is it because it's your favorite werewolf movie no, it's not my favourite werewolf movie. And um, while I was re-watching it, I was thinking, shit, why didn't I choose American Werewolf? Um, <laughs> but I, I, I do like The Howling a lot. I think it's an interesting film rather than a brilliant one, like American Werewolf, because it's so enjoyable and because it's got that picking up different stuff with every viewing factor. That's probably my favourite one. But um, there's a lot that's interesting in The Howling. It's interesting that um, it goes from the kind of... that they go on about the whole the city, the urban jungle in that trailer... And the, the, in, the more interesting scenes for me are the early ones where you've got the, um, 
the whole the serial killer thing, and you think it's going to go a lot darker than it actually yeah. does. Um, but I mean, there, there's a lot to commend it. I think Dee Wallace is very good. She gives a very good performance, and her character is constantly sort of belittled and patronised. No, it's all in your head. No, people are being people are being torn up, kind of thing. And um, the final scene where she turns into a werewolf on air. Um, if you describe it to anyone, it sounds absolutely shit. And the makeup is a little bit dodgy. The werewolf has her late seventies feather cut haircut, but it's and it's kind of adorable for that reason. But at the same time, yeah. you still get the kind of the tragic figure. You still get someone who's kind of sacrificed herself so the world can know, and it's all going to be okay. But of course, there's so many howling sequels. It wasn't. But I think that final scene in the uh, news studio is more chilling than maybe it is supposed to be because it's yeah. uh, it always makes me think of Christine Chabuk that. That newsreader yeah. that shot herself on it. Yeah, I think so. so that too. must be in their minds. What, yeah. what, what, this final scene is actually my entire view on the howling is what's right and what's wrong with it. Is that final scene in the newsroom is chilling and it is brilliant and it would make such a perfect ending because it also mirrors the brilliant opening scene in the news studio yeah, as well. It, so the opening you, and the ending are brilliant. Of this yeah, film, and you've definitely. got this perfect symmetry and then they go and fuck it up because they take it too far. Like for me, it should have ended on where she's howling and her eyes turn yeah. and it's like that's mm. your final shot fades to static you're done but instead they turn her into that sort of adorable silly looking wolf and then mm. they cut to all the folks at home going oh, oh, oh the things they do with special effects these days mm. and it's like no you had to make a joke well, out of it and the whole movie that's like Joe that. Dante's problem I all know, the way through the film it gets yeah. too serious it's like no mm. we're making a joke and, and the humour is terrible sometimes yeah. that, um, it doesn't work. That, that cutesy werewolf is Dee Wallace fault because she had it um, she had it written into her contract that she wouldn't be seen as a werewolf that like because she'd do the film as long as she was never a werewolf in the film and well, so they got around well. it by persuading her that she could be like a sympathetic werewolf character yeah. and so that's what that makeup was trying to be which is why she looks like contract. a care bear or something like that at the end yeah um what do you think of the scene where um Dick Miller turns up as a bookseller who yeah. also stocks silver bullets. Mm. Great. What fuck's that that's, about? That's it. I love him. Yeah. Mr. Futterman from yeah. Gremlins. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's great. But yeah. isn't it a bit, a bit shit that the bookseller in his bookshop sells, oh, there's silver bullets if you ever need them? Yeah. That, that's that's right. happening. What's wrong with that? That's good. Some bookshops have uh, coffee shops in them now, you know? It's, it's good to <laughs> yeah. cover your bases. It's synergy, isn't it? <laughs> I liked how campy it was. I liked the sexy bumpkins. Um, I will watch anything with Robert Picardo in. He's so creepy in it as well. He's so creepy. I'm used to him being like Johnny Cowboy, the doctor from Voyager. So yeah. I love and all the brushing cowboys. So oh, it was nice to see him. Um, but I, there was one line that I fucking loved at the beginning where she's like had this traumatic experience and she sort of freezes while well, she's meant to be reading something out. And uh, the guys in the um, backstage are like, oh, I don't know. Maybe she's pregnant. That was one of my favourite. Well, that's that's um, Kevin McCarthy, isn't it? Who always plays a a sleazy TV executive. (laughs) That's like his. He's he's that role every single time. Must be such a surprise when a script thumbs through his letterbox. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, the the ending was campy and and silly, but I I really enjoyed that. Like, I like films of campy and silliness in Mm. them. Like, I don't like the Howling particularly. Um, I. I think the the storyline is rubbish and the reason for that is it's 15 minutes from the end you find you find out that it's all been a setup um it's a conspiracy 
which is um, why Karen and Bill have been sent to this colony. So it's got that kind of Wicker Man thing, except mm -hmm. in the Wicker Man, Sergeant Howie has specifically been chosen and he's had to stay on the island because they need a, a specific sort of um, sacrifice, mm -hmm. right? The William Virgin King Light Fool. In the Howling, the characters at the colony, then when the conspiracy is revealed, suddenly go, you know what, she's too well known to kill. We'll just have to make it look uh, like she's had an accident. It's like, you haven't even thought this through. The writers haven't thought this through. <laughs> it, there's no reason that if they wanted to kill her, they wouldn't just kill her straight away. Why have they kept her here this week? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It, it's so they wanted her to have a nice holiday first. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Also, I hate Patrick McNee. You hate I Patrick McNee? I hate Patrick McNee in everything. Mm. Oh, he's horrible. Oh, he's so smarmy. Ugh. Maybe they, it was it was like the Wicker Man in that she, they kept her at the retreat, thinking that maybe if she gave into temptation with the murdery werewolf man, then she'd become a werewolf uh, too, and she'd join yeah. them. Yeah, but she didn't want to, so she, which is why she stayed in the cabin with her nighty pulled up while um, her ridiculous husband went and fucked the um, the campy werewolf lady. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, did you notice, Emily? There's a scene from Werewolf Woman playing on a TV in it. Yes, I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah, the junkyard scene. There's loads of um, Easter eggs all the way through. I, I like yes. the props, like the can of wolf chili and the uh, yeah, howl like, by the bed. Yeah. Wolf man's in it as well. Mm. Isn't it? Do you see Roger Corman at the yeah, start? Yeah, in the fan box. Mm -hmm. Roger Corman pops up. Yeah. And there's the uh, dolly zoom bit, like out of Jaws. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, it's it's a solid film and it does some interesting stuff with the werewolf trope, so which is why I why I chose it. It's got. It's got the um, scene. Um, oh, what's the word for that? The guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, isn't it? yeah, um, the production designer. Yeah, he used some of the same, oh, some oh, of the oh, same oh. bones. I think he used for some of the this. same, and you can tell. Yeah, yeah, that it's like they, they go into that cabin. And you go, I'm sure I've seen a lot of this before. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I recognise these bones. Yeah. I do. I do like the Howling, um, but I just wish it was a different <laughs> film because I, I think the the star <laughs> is so strong. I think it, it is mm, one yeah. of the best openings scenes I can think of, like right up mm -hmm. until the cops mm. show up at the, the sex shop. I mean, it's just so tense and you, you introduce so quickly to all of those characters in the first few minutes. You know who they all are, you know what's going on, yeah. and you're, you know, you're like right there with her in that like horrible red light district and it's just mm. so sleazy and creepy and tense. And then it just kind of becomes, oh, here's Joe Dante's favourite character actors hamming it up in the woods. Yeah. And that, you know, it's yeah. sometimes enjoyable. And I like a bit of campiness as well. But I, it's just, after that promise, I, I felt like that wasn't quite what I what I wanted. Um, and then it kind of, you know, as I say, at the end, goes back to creepy and then goes back to silly. And I'm like, it's, mm. it frustrates me. But it's, it's, it's not that it's a bad film. It's just a frustrating film. For me. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's pause on buzzers time. <laughs> For the uninitiated, CJ and Bryony are playing against Emily and Phil. I'm going to play six pairs of film clips at the same time. They have to identify the films that they've come from. And this month, one half of each pair is, of course, a werewolf movie. Here's the first pair of scary noises. Talk about the moment of my dreams. I think we're losing. Nurse! <laughs> what? Bryony. Oh, fuck. The music is from... Oh, I've gone blank. 
Oh no. Alright, well initially I thought the dialogue was um American Werewolf, but I think I've got that wrong, sorry, CJ. No, it's alright. Can you do the music again? Because I might get it if you sing nah, it. Nah, I think is it's it, a... No, nah, it's all like violins. Is it, oh, oh, is it Full Moon High? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all violins. Minus one. <laughs> <laughs> Emily and Phil. Talk about the woman of my dreams. I think we're losing it. Nurse! <laughs> what? I have to find her. No, you have to get some rest. But she might try it again. Andy, she's obviously whacked. Kind of girl jumps off the Eiffel Tower has issues, man. Major issues. I have to find her. Get real, Miss Marple. Look, all we have is a shoe. I don't know what the music is, but the dialogue is American Werewolf in Paris. Paris. Yes, it is. Yeah, nice. Um, The music was from Under the Skin. Fuck, I knew that as well. That's Okay. Do you know what? When I went to see that, I went. I was sat next to um, one of the guys from the Bad Seeds, and he kept tapping oh, yeah. his foot along, and it was really annoying. This is why you shouldn't go to the cinema. Anyway, number two. You are listening to the Beacon. We are holding our own here today, and we are taking no prisoners. Bill, go on. Is the whistling bit the bit the whistling bit from Dog Soldiers? It is. Yeah. Did you get the dialogue? I didn't even hear the dialogue. I was too excited. <laughs> okay, so for CJ and Brownie. You are listening to The Beacon. We are holding our own here today, and we are taking no prisoners, friends. However, today we are those prisoners. We are tired, and we are scared. But we have live with us Dr. John Mendez. Now, you may know him, or you may recall our own Ken Loney's vivid account. Is it Pontypool? It is Pontypool, CJ. Nice. Number three. Hi, Ursula. Danny was worried about you. Well, she was right. It's the fault of my driving, I suppose. Look, the whole thing. Yes, CJ. Is the dialogue the howling? It's not. Oh. Get the music. I thought it was. Well, it isn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I thought it was. So I, I think isn't. I know the music, but Wolf something. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is it the howling? No. Right, uh, so for Emily and Phil, uh, music and dialogue to get here. Hi, Ursula. Danny was worried about you. Well, she was right. It's the fault of my driving, I suppose. Look, I cleared the whole thing up. Stefano has nothing to do with it. Of course. Stefano's scarf was different. He's had a red design on a black background. The one the inspector showed us was just the opposite. No. No. No, no idea. The music was Ginger Snaps. Oh, oh. I wondered that. Yes, yeah, so I was thinking a cello. Is it moody teen girl goth music? Oh, fuck. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the dialogue was from Torso, aka The Bodies Presented Traces of Carnal Violence. Um, <laughs> so the score's halfway through. Emily and Phil are on two. CJ and Brian are on one. Uh, number four. A wolf may be more than he seems. He may come in any disguise. Yes. What's that? Yes, Emily. Uh, the dialogue is Company of Wolves. Yes, it is. Do you get the music? Uh, no, because I did that overexcited because I got a thing right. <laughs> <laughs> so, CJ and Bryony, the music to identify. A wolf may be more than he seems. He may come in many disguises. What's that? 
The wolf that ate your sister was hairy on the outside. But when she died, she went straight to heaven. The worst kind of wolves are hairy on the inside. And when they bite you, they drag you with them to hell. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Is it? Is it The Howling 2? No. No, it's near dark. Oh. oh. I, I, yeah. Bit of Tangerine Dream. I should have known that. It is yeah. Tangerine Dream, yeah. Yeah. Right, oh. fifth one. Why are they taking me? Sleeping with a chairman wolf. An officer of the FF. You worker. You have an inferior race, you dare to question me. Well, I will say nothing, Commandant. I swear it. Oh, that is true. Let me stay here, Commandant, with you. No. Um, is the music the Howling 2? It is. <laughs> That's that one song that they have for the soundtrack oh, that goes the on. Pale, ever. pale moon or whatever it is. Yeah, pale, pale. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and on, and on every beat and every bar, it comes there's to that woman. Some boobies, and... yes. <laughs> Should have got that. <laughs> uh, dialogue, did you get there? No. That was. Is it that, from... What's that? What's that? Nazis in the Antarctic film. No, it's not that one. It's not like <laughs> Ilsa Sheewolf of the SS or something, is it? Uh, yes, it is, and that gives you a bonus point. Wow. 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 <laughs> I have not seen that film. I just know it exists, and I was thinking wolves, and there's a lady who's a Nazi, so. Wow. I thought you made that title up. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you're now on six, CJ and Bryony on one. Ah, we're um, fucked. Yeah, you're fucked. Last pair of scary noises. I wanted to make it with Fabian, not that other one. But you're the one who makes it with Fabian. I hate you! Yes, Emily? Uh, it's Werewolf Woman, the dialogue. It certainly is. The music? Don't know. Oh. Phil? No idea. I yeah, recognise okay. it, but I... Um... Oh, no. CJ and Bryony, the music then? I wanted to make it with Fabian, not that other one. But you're the one who makes it with Fabian. I hate you! I hate you! You whore! You whore! Go fuck yourself! You dirty bitch! You get away from me, you whore! You whore! CJ, what was it? It's Saw, isn't it? It wasn't it going like... No, I'm going to be really mean. It's what? specifically Jigsaw. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It's Come different. Give us a point for that. <laughs> it's a completely different arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy listening to the woman shouting like you bitch it was great <laughs> yeah she, she does really go for it you whore <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> uh, right so the final score's there Emily and Phil got seven CJ and Bryony got two Now, horror podcast law states that it's obligatory to cover the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise at some point, and so that's what we'll be doing next month. And we'd like to hear how you rank those nine films, including Freddy vs. Jason and the 2010 remake there. So our next show will be a countdown of the Elm Street films, from worst to best, according to you lot out there in listener land. Email us your rankings to dx5podcast at gmail.com or tweet them to us at devilx5, uh, that's F-I-V-E, or chuck them at our Facebook page. So, you've got a month to get ready for Freddy and fancy for Nancy. Until then, <laughs> thanks for listening.